Is she got Nippon written on her yeah, tits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nippon really? written on her tits, yeah. Japan written Why? on her tits. Because she's going for cool Japan. She's got the stupid... What what is that neckle called? I forgot the thing. Maneki neckle. Maneki neckle. She's got two of them. Yeah, and she's got like Hello Kitty esque stuff on. It's it's terrible. Welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this show, we talk about the news and stuff in English. Yes. My name is Mitch, co-host. I'm Alex. Hello. Hi, Alex. How are you? Very well, thank you. I think we're both hungover today. Yeah, I am actually incredibly hungover. We film this show on Saturday afternoons usually, um, but today it's like a kind of an earlier afternoon where I'm, I usually just, like I work on Saturdays, but mm. I usually just crawl out of bed in my boxes and sit in front of my computer until like almost the sun goes down. Yeah, I got to put six and go to work, so... <laughs> no, I don't have that family stuff that you have, or a corporate yeah. life, no. no. But, don't, don't recommend that. Yeah, well, I'm hungover because yesterday I went to a Borninkai, like a forget-the-year party. With the prefecture, right? Yeah, the Kagoshima prefecture. But so. they didn't tell you where it was. No, they didn't. They just specified <laughs> in a hotel. Um, so I went there and asked somebody at the hotel where it was, and they directed me to a room and said it starts at 7. And I was like, that's strange. I thought it started at 6.30. I'll just go and sit in there. And then a bunch of different people came in. Turned out it was a totally different department. So, they just didn't want to hang out with you, Alex. Let's just admit it. Yeah. Well, I missed all the speeches at the start. <laughs> so as I walked in, they just said, come by. And I was like, yes, come on. <laughs> that is the thing about corporate or like business drinks parties is like they just love their speeches. It's like it's like their one time of the year where the like the, the old men who you don't want to listen to have your like undivided attention. Yeah. It's like I've got the microphone now. And I'm going to and you're yeah. all waiting to drink. And, and so I'm just going to keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I once get I always I give a lot of speeches for weddings when you, when when we can actually have weddings mm. uh, and I think one time I was just kind of like I didn't really know the couple so I just said something like I like my speeches like skirts shorts come by <laughs> no that's way. all I said <laughs> who who would invite you to the wedding to do everybody a does I get Why? I dude I was just telling Josh about this yesterday like during before the pandemic I was going to three weddings a month. Like who's like all my like people I know. It's like it's, it's the token white boy at their wedding, right? Okay. And then they always make me do this kung, the kumpai speech, right? I see. So it's like yeah, it's really lame because in Japan, like you have to pay to go to a wedding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like three hundred to seven hundred dollars you have to pay to go to a wedding. Yeah, but you get food and booze and stuff like it's that. It's not three hundred dollars worth. That's true. And imagine <laughs> doing that three times a month. That's like if I mean if I was giving like it, my position, I should really give five to seven hundred dollars, mm. but. Imagine giving $500 for three weddings. It's like $1,500 a month. You see, I just wouldn't go. <laughs> That's the thing. I just stopped going to people's weddings. So they stopped inviting me. So I'm happy. And, you know. No, I got to go. It's, it's, it's like, you know, relations. Or and just stuff turn, like up that. To, turn up at the Nijikai, the second party. See, I want to do that. But everybody's just like, no, you got to come to the main wedding. You got to sit up front. You know, they do that thing where like the honored guests sit up front and the family sit in the back. Yeah. Complete opposite of, you know, Western culture. Right, right. But whatever. Why are we talking about this? So. Very, very grim news to start the show with today. We have in Osaka, there was an arson, a suspected arson, right? We can't, we can't judge him. He's not guilty yet. But there's a 61-year-old man who's suspected of uh, starting a, a fire in a building in Osaka that claimed the lives of 24 people. Right, yeah. So that, that was on the news this morning. Yeah, it was, it, it was from yeah. yesterday. Um, the yeah. arson happened yesterday. This, again, we're filming this on Saturday Japan time. So this will probably go up on Sunday Japan time. So two days ago. And... Uh, Basically, uh, the, according to the police, the suspect uh, allegedly this old this older man, sixty one years old, goes into a building. He pours some sort of liquid or in a bag uh, on some sort of heater or something, kicks it, it ignites, and it causes a blaze that went on for about uh, thirty minutes. And twenty seven people went to the hospital, and twenty four of them lost their lives. So, um, pretty grim news from Osaka. Yeah, it was a mental health clinic or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Right? It was a mental health and counseling clinic. Um, the the building had. I forgot what was in it. It's like there was like an English school. There's like a mental health clinic and some other things in there. But yeah. Yeah. Sad news, man. You know, this this just goes back. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is this, this goes to the show. There are crazy freaking people everywhere in the world. 
Yeah, yeah. And my opinion about this is like, no matter where you go, there's crazies. Just it depends on what access to you know what what kind of access to weapons and things and like tools of harm they have mm-hmm. equal sign the scale in which the damage they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, you know, fire in a a lot of the Japanese buildings, especially in in the in the major cities, the older major cities, they're. Um, they were built in a time where fire co- codes were different. And so, you know, there's usually only one way out. Yeah. Um, and uh, usually, you know, it's just kind of like it's you got to be aware of your circumstances. If you get trapped between, you know, if there's fire between you and the exit, you might just have to stay in there. And like, I think most of these people died from smoke inhalation. So, yeah, it's often hard to find the exit in these kind of places because yeah. they do wind around. Right. So there's yeah. a lot of basement also ba- basement businesses that I've uh, noticed. They only have one in or out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if something goes wrong, it's just like you're stuck there. Yeah, it's always good to check when you go in. Yeah, not to be paranoid, but you know. I mean, my my hometown is like a ver- a fairly newer you know town because it was built mostly in the last 50, 60 years. So everything has multiple exits. You have to have a window in every room and things like that. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. I mean, in England, you guys have like really really historical buildings, right? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of that's probably. Yeah, not some. I don't know. There's quite strict fire codes and things like that. You know, as far maybe as retrofitting the, the buildings or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're continually updated anyway. It's not like the hundreds of years ago. You know. Um, the the buildings and the thing about the buildings in Japan is just their plots of land are so small that you you really don't have a lot of options. Well, everything's crammed together, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So just be you know careful, guys, going forward, and like you know know your your surroundings. But really sucks about this situation, and you know I I I guess this this man this older man probably has some sort of mental problem, but yeah, yeah, it sucks. Well. Let's move on. Uh, Japan ban on foreign arrivals under scrutiny. So this story. Uh, is what I've been bitching about for, I don't know, months now. Um, and basically, there was a, a Zoom meeting uh, with a government. Who was, who was it? It's like a bunch of uh, representatives of organizations that support foreign residents in Japan have met online to discuss the impact of the, the country's denial of new arrivals. Mm. And basically, like um, one of the people who were talking here was talking about he owns a, a network of Japanese language schools. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So they import students from Nepal or China or, you know, nearby areas. I mean, they can go anywhere, but most of the, most of the students come from Asia mm-hmm. and, you know, they learn Japanese and a lot of them mm-hmm. then move on to u- either universities or they get work visas or something. And that's been actually a, a pretty good way of getting um, talented workers yeah. Into, yeah. The, into the country because they learn the language. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, just been completely put on stop for the last two years. And um, Wasn't this, that, that guy was saying that his business might be forced to close down or something like that. Well, right? I mean, hey, look at me. English school here in Japan, we've been waiting for Ricky. We have, I've mentioned him like a thousand times on the show. He's just been waiting in Canada. Um, and what I want to point out in this article is it says, senior official Aoki Sho said some foreign trainees have canceled plans to come to Japan as they do not know when that will be possible. He said they have opted to go to other countries such as South Korea instead. Yeah, yeah. And here's another, I know, um, anecdotal, uh, uh, you know, anecdote to support that. Ricky basically told me, he's like, hey, I've been waiting for a year. I got to make moves if this doesn't, if we can't figure this out by January. Yeah. So it's like Japan is just losing out on talent during the, you know, they might might be losing out on fans as well, you know, from Japanese culture and stuff like that Mm. with no access to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't see, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, Alex, but there, if they were doing this with some sort of fucking plan, mm. okay, there's no plan. That's true. They're yeah. just like, we're just going to close the border. It's going to go, you know, Sakoku again. We're just going to sit here. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And then what? They're like, mm. well, all you need is a roadmap, right? A roadmap, something. A date. Yeah. Or a, a date or a process. A process, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. get them to come in, have designated quarantine. Because this is for workers. This isn't for like tourists, right? Yeah. Have them come in, designated quarantine, have them, you know, PCR as many times as you freaking want, whatever. And then have them, you know, do follow-ups or whatever. I mean, there there is a way to do this, you know. And the thing is, the thing that really pisses me off about all this, Japanese people are freely coming in another country. Yeah. One yeah. of my friends just, like, popped up from America, like, two days ago. He's like, hey, guys. I was like, where have you come from? He's like, America. No way. Yeah, Japanese people are just, like, free to do whatever the hell they want. Mm. Only foreign residents and foreign visa, like, uh, seekers are not allowed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, God, you guys are... Come on, get your shit together. But there's large... Uh, domestic support for this yeah well the thing is they expect that you know the, the foreign people are going to come in and bring the virus with them yeah because yeah so, because japanese because the, the virus checks your passport first like, oh, japanese passport oh i'm not gonna infect you yeah yeah, yeah. you are special somehow <laughs> or it's the fact that they expect japanese people not to travel for some reason they they are dude but they are yeah, dude yeah. go to hawaii right now go to hawaii there's so many japanese travelers just like hanging out in hawaii i can't go to hawaii right now mitch why 
because I wouldn't be able to get back in. <laughs> no, I think no, we, I think I we, could, are, yeah, we, I we can because yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're residents. But yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But it's not worth the risk. Yeah, if they change their stupid minds, like while we're outside of the country, yeah, you know, screwed. what are you gonna do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, speaking of entry to the country. Yeah, so we've got a story here about Japan simplifying the entry process to Japan for wealthy travelers. So that's the thing, guys. Japanese passport, Japanese residency, or a lot of money, and you don't have to worry about the virus. No, this is for the future. It's not for now, is it? So the government plans to simplify the immigration process for foreign travelers arriving in Japan by luxury transport, such as private jets and super yachts, usually used by the wealthy, sources say, close to the matter on Monday. You're a part of this. I mean, I'm not like you're a part of the problem, but you're like you're involved in this. Yeah, I'm involved a little bit. Yeah, um, with you know luxury travel. So talk, talk about what's the what's the the thinking here? So basically, when you have um, CIQ, you know the uh, security checks at airports. If somebody comes in on a private jet, for example, um, it takes forever to get through those. Uh, whereas in other countries, they can just get off at the tarmac. There's a car waiting, and they just leave. Right. Yeah. So there are a lot of problems like that in Japan. Um, and this particular article is talking about the uh, application time for getting a jet to land. So they had to apply previously 10 days in advance yeah. to get uh, permission to land. But now they've changed it to three days. So the thing is, with this super wealthy market, uh, plans change really, really quickly. You were talking about, and I didn't know this, but there's some sort of like luxury like Boeing jet out there that like you know just seats a few people. They just like fly around the world. Yeah, it's like 16 seats in a full 747. So it's just like they're flying house, basically. Basically, yeah. And they only fly during the daytime, so they don't have to sleep on the plane. Wow. Um, so it's like a lounge area, basically. So really. Just hang out. You just hang out, chill, have a bit of champagne. See, guys, this is what this is why everybody should be ultra rich because it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. So <laughs> carbon footprint, but let's not mention that. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, they're trying to smooth these procedures over so wealthy people can travel more easily. So you're saying like in foreign countries then, like if I'm Bill Gates, for example, and I fly into my private jet, yep. I just like fill out some paperwork in advance or whatever, and they just take care of it. I just like get in my limousine and drive yeah, to where yeah. I'm needed. Yeah, get the plane, get in your limousine, get in your helicopter, fly on to the next destination. So that's how I viewed rich people's lives. Like that's how I thought everything worked. But you're saying it's different in Japan. So in Japan, it'd be like arrive at the airport, well, 10 days in advance, get the paperwork filled in, land at the airport, Get off the plane, walk through the, you know, security with everybody else. Oh, you, you mean like you're just like going through with everybody else? Yeah, go out, go around the building, go back in again, get on your helicopter and fly away. Instead of literally getting out of the plane and the car, which is next to you, you know, and waiting for you to get in that and disappear. So these kind of processes need to be smoothed out if they want to get that extra cash yeah. from this wealthy market. Well, because, right? you know, when wealthy people come in like that, when they drop in on their helicopters or private jets or whatever, their yachts, I mean, they spend money, right? Yeah, they spend loads of money. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you might look at it and think, oh, God, rich people, whatever. But at the same time, that's a lot of money going into the local economy. Yeah. And it's um, foreign cash, too. It's foreign cash, too. Yeah. It's propping up the economy. Yeah. So it's, it's really, you know, needed. But what it's important to mark about this is it's not for right now. It's for the future. It's for the future. Oh. Um, so it doesn't really overlap with the other problem of, you know, foreign arrivals. I don't see why you would put up any barriers to... I mean, like, I'm just thinking of this as an economist. If you have foreign, you know, cash, especially just luxury market cash, just mm -hmm. gets immediately pumped into the, into the economy, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like... I don't see why you would put up any barriers for that cash to come into your country. Well, it's the same thing at, like, Vancouver, for example, with uh, movies, right, you know? Like, it's cheaper to film movies in uh, Vancouver and yeah. places like that than yeah. it is in the US. Yeah. So all the movies just go there and they drop loads of cash. Yeah. Staff, you know, actors, things so like there's that. A, there's, a, there's a state in America, I think Oregon, somewhere, where all the Marvel movies are filmed there. It's uh, Georgia, Georgia. They mm. have their stamp on all the movies. Cause, like, they do, yeah. Yeah, because they film yeah. a lot in Georgia because they basically say, we'll give you tax breaks to film here. Yeah, yeah. And so, but it's an infusion of money into the economy. Yeah, yeah. But, so. but the thing about luxury tourism is it basically takes away nothing. When you have seas and seas of like millions of people coming in and flocking into Kyoto, that ruins the experience for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've got three billionaires who walk in and spend $2 million, that doesn't take away anything from anyone. That's it. So it's less people, more money. Right. But at the same time, not drawing a line to exclude other people. Right, right, right. You know? Um, so this is what Japan's really got to work on going forward. So I'm from Vegas. I know there's two entrances to everything. Yeah. Right? yeah. There is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that's just life. Well, I mean, you go to the airport, there's business class, there's first class, and then there's economy class. And then there's the Amex lounge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's a reality of the way that yeah. we live. You know, it's, it, there's no point complaining about it. It's just the way things are. Well, so. at the same time, like as a business person, I know that, you know, like I'm 
I consider myself important in my life. But mm. if you compare me to like, you know, I don't know, Tim Cook, mm. Tim Cook employs like, you know, not only does he have at his fingertips the largest he the largest company ever known to man, they're going to cross the three uh, trillion dollar threshold. Mm. That's like bigger than the GDP of most European countries. I like how you went from you to Tim Cook. No, There's just, nothing in between. Oh no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making a very clearly understood comparison here. There, if I work hard the rest of my life, my lifetime will not be as important as one day in Tim Cook's life. I mean, like that's just yeah, yeah. how important he is. Yeah, yeah. And he's his time is very, very precious because he has to make a lot of you know uh, decisions. He's got to meet with a lot of people. He's just got to do a lot of things. Sure. So why would his minute that's worth billions right be mm. spent standing in line with the rest of his flabs well the thing is right like these airport arrival lounges and stuff like that they are building one of them's in kagoshima actually kagoshima's got its own private jet terminal okay and they made like a nice lounge for it and i went to have a look at it i said you don't need a nice lounge all you need is speed yeah they just want to get through and get out yeah they don't care about having some hanging nice out in your jets. airport they don't want to hang out here yeah. I'm sorry that you built it, but they just want to get out of here. It's their um, time. Yeah, it's the time that's yeah. most important. You know, it's not about um, making things gorgeous and luxurious and things like that. It's about speed and efficiency. We, so, um, at the MGM in Vegas, they have the these um, the villas, they're called. They're like these three, four towers in the back of the MGM. Mm. And they, they, there's no counter. There's no front desk. None of that shit. You just you roll up in your limousine right this way, Mr. Smith, and they just put you in an elevator to your room where all of your bags are already there. Yeah. And everything you need, they just call the concierge and they just do everything for you. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, you know, there's like uh, like Picasso paintings on the walls and stuff like that. Mm, mm. But it also costs $15,000 uh, minimum a night there. Yeah. yeah. Minimum. Mm. Right. So you're usually talking about if it's like New Year's weekend or something like that, you're, t- you're thinking like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 a night and something yeah. like that. So I get that. That market needs to exist for a reason. You know, they have the money to spend. Might as well spend it here. I think like the thing you have to remember with this is because people often get a bit like weird when it's, you know, wealthy people and uh, luxury travel market and things yeah. like that. They're like, oh, you know, it's a bit divisive or something or elitist or something. But you've got to remember over a certain amount of income, the amount of happiness you feel doesn't increase because you've got so much stress managing the, you know, wealth that you've got yeah. or doing the work that you do that actually it detracts from your happiness probably. Yeah. You know, so people like Elon Musk or whatever, or, you know, formerly Steve Jobs or people like that, all they do is work, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they literally just work and all the they, time. They, honestly, if you, if you look at the Steve Jobs uh, biography, uh, he, you know, he never took any joy in anything money related. Yeah, he yeah. wore the same clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. He was building a yacht um, because his wife wanted, I guess. And then like the only reason why he continued to build it is because like it was like a, a signal that he wasn't going to die. Right, right, like right. that he was going to enjoy this at some point, but I mean, none of that stuff it in like made him happy. The stuff that made him happy was when like he found a glass manufacturer, so the windows on the cube building in New York could be bigger and not as small. Right, right. Because he had this dream in his head that he wanted this like certain store in, in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff like that excited him. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so. But then again, there is this, there's a uh, an argument to be made. Like you know, if you are a billionaire. Mm. There's only so many shirts that you can b- buy in your life. Oh yeah, mm. right. So if you need th- this billionaire to spend the money to put it back in the economy to get it circulating out there, the luxury market's a great way to do that because you can yeah. overprice the shit out of everything. Yeah. Well, I don't think about overpricing. I don't think that's fair. I you think say it, that I don't. No, <laughs> it's not overpricing. Fair pricing. So the the thing is, it's about risk, right? Yeah. If you ask a company to design your logo, for example. Mm. Um, if my small business asks a company to design the logo, they'll charge me a cheaper rate than if it was Sony or someone like that. Yeah. And the reason why is because the, the potential for damage to Sony is much, much bigger uh, than a tiny little company like mine. Yeah. So they have to keep that responsibility in mind while they do the work. So it might be the same amount of time, but the responsibility involved is so much bigger. How does that, uh, how does that uh, apply to bottles of champagne costing like, you know, 15 grand? Uh, if you spill it on them, you take it, they get hungry. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. shall we move on? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay, China envoy urges Japan not to join diplomatic boycott of Olympics. So, if you guys haven't, if you guys haven't been following this, uh, so we have the Chinese Olympics in what is it? Whatever it is. Who cares, man? It's like a couple of years ago. <laughs> I forgot what it is, but anyway, they they're having the Olympics there, and um, the it's Summer Olympics, right? Yeah. Beijing. Is it, isn't it Winter Olympics? I don't know. I hate the Olympics. I don't pay attention to this. Yeah. Anyway, it's like upcoming. Maybe Josh, you can Google this because it's not in my story. But like upcoming um, Olympics in China. A lot of con- countries, uh, the United States in particular, are boycotting. They're doing it in such a what is it, Josh? 
It's the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. 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 Yeah. Okay. Is Beijing even cold? I don't know. Never well, been China's there. got like all the climates, right? Yeah. There's, it's such a big country with one time zone. Yeah. Is that true? Can you Google that? I'm not sure if I have they that factor. one time zone, I think they? it was either them or like Russia or some, one of those communist bloc countries has like one time zone. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get to look that up, Josh. So China, like a lot of countries are boycotting the, the Olympics there um, over the Uyghur, Uyghurs, Uyghurs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, other like, what is it called? Human rights violations and things like that. Mm-hmm. What is it, Josh? One time zone in China. Told you. Really? A massive country has one time zone. That's crazy. What time is it in Beijing? Same time as everywhere. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's just called China Standard Time. Imagine. That's nuts. Look at just imagine the 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 longitudinal lines that like divide all the time zones, and they just like sprinkle on top of China and just like go around. <laughs> is, that, is that in line with Beijing though, being the kind of the who, best, you know, sunrise and sunset being yeah, at the right time? When is like the right time? Like what what city is the right time in China? China is such a weird place. It just fascinates me in a weird way. No, it's bizarre, isn't it? Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to continue with the story while you look. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, oh, there it is. Look, green. The whole thing is just... I guess it's dead smack in the middle, because if you look at the country... Yeah, but if you look at the surrounding countries, it <clears throat> China is in, like, five different time zones. Yeah. but Also, oh. also, you know there's, ha- there's half-hour time zones as well? Oh, that? Yeah, I forgot where it is, but some place has like a half hour time zone. Anyway, getting back to the China Olympics. So a lot of countries are not boycotting participation in them, which would be like the ballsy thing to do. They're just not sending diplomats. Okay. So just, they're just not sending guests. Right. Which is like such a pussy way of boycotting an Olympics. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, so... Uh, I think I forgot what countries are, are promising not to send diplomats. One's like the United States and like, I don't know, Canada or France, probably who knows stuff like that. But uh, Japan is going to jump on this because Japan and America are buddies. Mm. Um, and I, maybe South Korea is also in on this because like, you know, basically it's like everyone versus China thing. But um, the Chinese envoy is telling Kashida, please join the Olympics. And like Kashida, I think it's in this somewhere. He's just like, I have no in- intention of going, basically, which is kind of like a even pussier footed way of boycotting the olympics yeah yeah, you're gonna boycott it just boycott it do it properly what are the countries that have signed on not to go us australia uk's in there as well right uk canada yeah okay well you know the western people i think china should boycott themselves (laughs) that'd be funny wouldn't it well, like we're not going either. Especially after the stuff that they're doing in Hong Kong. Oh, God, don't get me started. Let's move on. What do we got? Uh, let's, let's do this one really quick. Okay. So right. this, while we're getting into negative stuff, okay. Tokyo liar, lawyer to collect info on police treatment of foreigners. So weirdly, the U.S. embassy in Tokyo says weird stuff all the time. But one of the things that they said recently was earlier this month, the U.S. embassy in Tokyo said on its official Twitter account, which is such a weird way of like putting this information out there, that it had received reports of suspected racial profiling incidents with several foreigners detained, questioned and searched by the police. Mm. Now, that's bad if that's true. And we should never, ever uh, put up with any sort of like, you know, racial profiling or racism from police. But then again, the United States saying this is kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Get your own house in order first. <laughs> Every time they say shit like this, I'm like, I mean, I know what they're doing. I get it. Okay. It makes sense. But I'm just like, guys, guys. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been stopped by the police? Yes, I have. And profiled. Yes, I have. I was carrying groceries back from the grocery store and I was sitting in front of a Koban, a, a police box. And, suspicious. And, yeah. So I look really suspicious, especially since I was wearing like work clothes. I was kind of dressed like not, you know, raggedy at all and this police officer comes out and he said i want to see your your foreigner this is back before they had the residence card it was just a gaijin card yeah yeah and i was just like i was carrying groceries so i was like are you fucking serious mm. he's like show me your card and i was just like put my groceries down on the on the ground on the concrete and i showed it to him he's like where are you from i'm like it says on the card <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like where do you work i was like i didn't want to tell him what business i worked for yeah so i just told him I was like, i'm an english teacher and he's just like where do you work i'm like not i just told him like the the town in which i work and and he's like yeah and then the light turned and i was like can i go and he's just like you be good or something like that. I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? It's like, screw off, dude. Nah, uh, that's weird. I've never had it actually. Nothing never. Stopped. Nah. You're also the guy that doesn't uh, listen to the red lights the, and the crosswalks. You just cross. I just go straight over. So European. Whenever I like. Look left and right first. 
It depends on what time of day it is. If it's nighttime, I'm not paying attention to anything. No, it's uh, I don't get it. Stand there, there's no traffic. It's like, come on. It's it's setting an example for the children. Anyway, ask about the message, cabinet uh, chief, cabinet secretary Hiro Kazu Matsu uh, Matsu. No, I can't read Japanese in English. <laughs> uh, told a, a, a press conference December 9th that Japanese police p- police approached suspicious people in accordance with the law, such as when they have reasonable ground to suspect someone has committed a crime, and that questioning is not carried out based on re- race or nationality. But hmm. remember, if you are foreign, that is just straight up suspicious well yeah now uh, i actually think this is more of a problem in like the bigger cities yeah it's not so much down here is it and i think it's mostly brought on by the foreign people like there's like 99 percent of the foreign people that visit japan and like live in japan are great no problem but the ones that are bad really stand out because you look different you're phys- yeah. you physically look different you spent you sp- speak a different language and so those memories stay with the police officers longer and so it just kind of feeds into that racial that 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 what is it called that natural racial bias yeah, there was a guy, you know, the Imperial Palace in Tokyo, uh, jumped in the moat and swam around what? naked. Yeah, bollock naked. Jeez. Do you not remember that? An English no, guy? Yeah. No. He looked a bit like a friend of mine, so I sent <laughs> a screenshot of it to him, and I said, are you in Tokyo? <laughs> and he didn't respond. Just ignored he didn't it. respond. Yeah, didn't like it. Uh, what do you got next? All right, so a man infected with Omicron variant visited soccer stadium near Tokyo. So a man in his 20s has been confirmed infected with the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. Uh, on Friday, uh, so last week, uh, and the Tokyo Metropolitan Government said um, that he vi- visited a stadium near the capital to watch a soccer game, um, which obviously is a cause for concern. So he got this virus from his friend who came back from the United States. That's right, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Japanese people are freely coming in and out of the country. And so he gets Omicron from this person that comes back to the United States, goes to a soccer stadium, first of, first game of its kind since the pandemic where it's like full seating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about 40 people around him have had to be tested as well. Um, and he's got to stay at home for 14 days for a health check. PCR testing is bullshit. You know, just let's throw this out here. The person that created PCR testing said when he created it that PCR testing should not be used as a, as a way of uh, diagnosis, like to mm. see if you have a virus or not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's better than nothing, but like it's just it's, it's just an unreliable thing. And in Japan, they're not really testing anyway. That's true. Um, so it, it's actually quite hard to get a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my friends was sick. His whole family was sick with COVID like uh, symptoms. And he's like begging the doctor for a PCR test. And they're like, nah, it's probably not COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you, this is, okay. I'm not saying that the medical system in Japan is bad. It's not as pre, it's actually really good. Uh, but when you have a state run medical system and n- almost none of it is private, it's, it's, this is one of the things that the state can control what mm. their numbers are. Yeah. So true so tokyo has 30 cases or whatever come on uh let's do this one kashida becomes first uh in japan prime uh first japanese prime minister in nine years to live in official residence so so alex i want to ask you a question yeah of your japanese friends how many of them believe in ghosts ghosts quite a lot all of them right disproportionately loads right it's weird yeah so aliens no no one all of my friends they're like aliens no way it's impossible i'm like looking over the stars i'm like that aliens are impossible yeah the trillions of chances that life has but ghosts for sure people believe in ghosts a lot yeah it's weird or they think that they've got some kind of spiritual sense to to sense them and everybody goes like ooh, yeah when they hear it like uda and i what is that fortune telling such a thing here i know yeah there's like a woman in a kimono sat not too far from here at night time doing it dude dude there's there's like seven of them around here and like i actually i think they're i respect them because they sit on the cold waiting all night for somebody to come so they can read their palm and give them a bunch of bullshit and they get cash money for that yeah they get paid like three thirty bucks for like 20 minutes yeah it's not bad i might start doing that alex (laughs) alex udanai Selling loads of really negative you're, shit. You're walking away from this conversation. It's not like, you know, fortune tellers are bullshit. You're like, I should get on the cash. Yeah, I'm going to get into this game. <laughs> anyway, so the prime minister's residence, okay, which none of the prime ministers in the last nine years lived at, uh, is apparently haunted. Uh, oh, right. and, and the reason why is because the residence is where Prime Minister Tsuyoshi Inukai was assassinated in a coup attempt yeah. in 1932 and the primary site of another attempt four years later. Some of the people who were killed during the coup attempts known respectively as the May 15 is- incident. That sounds so eerie. Um, and the, the February 26th incident uh, are said to haunt the building, which dates from the late 1920s. Where is it, I wonder? Uh, it's next to the prime minister's office or whatever. 
Whatever. Somewhere yeah. around there. A nice place, I'm sure. Dude, it's like, how when people are like, no, somebody died in this apartment, so I don't want to live here. I'm like, I don't get it. Well, somebody's died almost everywhere. Right. Thinking about human history. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? I mean, if you're going to be honest about it. Yeah. If there are ghosts, there's going to be a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Too es- many. Especially if you, okay, what I don't get is people who believe in that God is almighty and like, like perfect also believe in God and uh, ghosts. I'm like, did God just miss a couple? Yeah. It's yeah. like, hell, heaven, hell, heaven, whoops. <laughs> you guys just stay there. I'll think about you it's later. Like, what is a ghost? I don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't get it. Especially if you don't believe in aliens. How many stories you got left? I've got loads. Okay, let's get Three. to some years. Get okay. To some years. So Tokyo uh, City Committee okays plan for foreigners to vote in referendums. Oh, that's good. This is new, isn't it? So there's a place called Musashino City in Western Tokyo, and they've approved a proposed ordinance that would allow foreign residents to vote in local referendums um, to be set up on the 21st of December. That's in Tokyo, right? Yeah, it's in yeah. Tokyo. So if it's passed, um, foreigners will be able to vote um, for in local, render- local re- elections. Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't know. Have you? Ever, I've been living here, what, 14, 15 years? You've been here 16 years or something? Have you ever wanted to vote? No. I always, but... look, I always look at the candidates. And I'm like, you're the exact same thing as you. You just have a different poster. I just go, well, I know you, but I don't know you. And it always says like their age recently. Yeah. If they look a bit younger, it says 39 years old. And he's going like, yeah. I was looking at a political car the other day and like giant, it had writing all over the car and then in giant, it just said Sanju Nanasai, 37 years old. I was just like, I don't get why that's a thing. What is, yeah. does that qualify you for something? No, it's weird. Um, but mm, not really. But I would like the right to do so, just because I pay taxes. Uh, yeah, we we pay more taxes than the average schmo here. Yeah, I know. You know, so but but you know, there's a couple of places in Japan where you can vote already. So Zushi in Kanagawa, there's a lot of foreigners that live there actually, uh, and Toyonaka in Osaka Prefecture as well. Was it your friend? One of our friends, like, actually renounced American or something citizenship, became a Japanese citizen, and then ran for office, and now he's like a local some administrator or something that's a, a norwegian or swedish guy i think yeah i'm just like that's the way he's just like all of your politicians are stupid elect me and apparently he's doing a great job nice yeah so maybe i'll get on that game <laughs> after the uh palm I, after the palm reading or at the same time you know tell get, all the pop people and you're gonna vote for me you will definitely <laughs> vote for me um so yeah they say they, they want to create a city that accepts diversity yeah. and people that come to japan are also part of the community yeah. Uh, but at the same time, some people are saying that will give uh, people suffrage in the national elections eventually, and those foreigners shouldn't have the right to vote there. Yeah, it's a touchy subject because at the same time, like, you know, it's kind of having your cake and eating it too. I definitely do not want to give up my ability to vote in American elections just because I think that American elections are really important. Mm. Um, and But at the same time, like, if they're like, give up your ability to vote in America to vote in Japan, I'd just be like, nah, I don't really care that much. Yeah, I'm not going to give up my British citizenship for that. Yeah. I mean, dual nationality, if that's on the table, I'll take it. Dual nationality should be more of a thing. Yeah. It really should be. If you want me to spend more in taxes, guys, dual nationality is the way to do it. Yeah. But, you know, is in Europe, you guys just basically don't care, no, right? I don't give a shit. Just hand it out. Nationality everywhere. <laughs> I know somebody who's got four. Really? Yeah. You can buy them. You can buy them? Yeah. Well, you can buy them in Japan too, or at least, uh, uh, what is it called? Permanent residency. I think it's 3 million or something. Is that right? You don't buy it. You just have that amount of money and you get it. Is that true? Yeah. It's one of the requirements for it. You don't need to do anything at all. If you have like a certain amount of cash, they'll just give you a permanent residency. It's it's to, in, uh, it's to bring in investment funds into the country. It's some ludicrous amount of money. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Josh can research that. Maybe I'll have use for that at some point. Maybe, maybe you can not. tell somebody about that. Yeah, but it, there's, it's like one of the like one of the ways to get a permanent residency like easy is just like I mean we do this in the United States too. If you have I think it's like four or five million dollars something like that. They're like oh welcome to the United States, come and spend some money. Yeah, mostly people from like you know Dubai and the UA what is it the United UAE yeah those United Arab Emirates because they just have stupid money to spend and it's all hidden. Nobody knows how much money those guys have. Yeah, and I bet they would drop. You know, top dollar on um, you know Uranai. Yeah, they probably would. <laughs> on, on fortune telling. Fortune telling from me. Um, also, you will be rich. I already am. You know, they told always, you. We were just <laughs> talking about like you know Bezos or like uh, Elon Musk being like the richest man in the world. They're not. 
Yeah. Not not by a long shot. The so richest, yeah, the richest man in the world is either living in the Middle East or it's Putin, one of those two. Right. We just don't know. We just don't know. We don't know. Uh, uh, one more story from you and then I'll do two. All then... right. We've got uh, kanji meaning gold picked to symbolize Speaking Japan's of cash. 2021 uh, amid the Olympic year. So the kanji kin, which means gold or money, was picked as the single most representative Chinese character corresponding to the social mood in Japan this year, a Kyoto-based organization said on Monday. Now, let's get into this, Alex. Okay, kin, did you feel that 2021 was like your bling-bling year? No, not really. <laughs> no. I mean, we did get a, whole, a bunch of Hojo King, which translates to federal support. Yeah. But that didn't make up for my loss in profits. No, I'm not feeling particularly bling this year, I must say. No. Um, they did get 27 medals in the Olympics, though, mainly for children's sports like skateboarding. But, you know, the Olympic, could, did you find any info on it, Josh? Nothing. It's it's somewhere. You, know, you guys can research it, maybe leave it in the comments or something like that. But their medals because they're home. What is it? The home field advantage or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The judges are they feel more like love towards Japan, and so they give them more. Gold well, I think medals. it helps when you don't have any spectators from your own country there, <laughs> surrounded by Japanese officials. Uh, no cheering when you score uh, when the Japanese person. Yeah. <laughs> Not too helpful. Uh, um, so basically, uh, a chief uh, Buddhist priest of Kiyomizu Temple in Kyoto wrote out the character Kin for gold. Um, on December 13th. If you guys have never had a chance to go to Kiyomizu Dera, it's really, it's my favorite. It's like probably my favorite. I was there two, last week, two weeks ago. Well, how is it without a bunch of Chinese like tourists everywhere? It's quieter. It's quieter. Uh, it was full of Japanese people. Oh yeah. But, you know. Well, because the domestic market's taken off, right? Mm, slowly, because everybody's waiting for the go-to travel campaign uh. to restart. So there aren't that many tourists around comparatively, but th there's more than there were. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's at Kiyomizu Dera looking at the uh, autumn leaves or whatever. Totally ignoring the temple behind them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, the autumn leaves are like what people go there for, right? That's where, that, that's what takes the beautiful pictures of. And especially since you can take pictures of the city as well from the from the temple. Yeah. It is a beautiful temple. No, it's a nice place, man. Nice. Yeah. There's a bunch of signage that wasn't translated to English I remember when I was last there, though. Maybe I'll take that up with them. <laughs> There's, um, apparently that place used to be in terrible state. It used to have holes in the deck and everything like that. Really? Yeah, it was an absolute disgrace. Um, and then the, the priests in charge of it went around the country doing lectures to raise funds for it. Really? And turned it all around. So, you know, they've pretty much done it on their own as a private enterprise. You know, there's a lot of World Heritage sites that are like that. Um, for example, the Eiffel Tower, people wanted to tear it down, apparently. Yeah. Back in the day, they're like, it's ugly. Let's get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like the cherished piece of, of Paris. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's yeah. Strange. People are strange. All right, let me do my two uh, stories, and then you've got one that's kind of fun. Uh, so theme park in South Korea uh, in South Korea uh, is like a little mini Japan, and people, since they can't go for, uh, to see Japan, they're enjoying this theme park, this, this fake piece of Japan. The nearly four hectare, what is a hectare? Theme park originally served as a film set for several domestic period dramas that included scenes in Japan. Kim Song Mo, don't I don't do Korean, sorry guys. Uh, general manager for Niji Mori Studio said that the set was turned into a theme park to make better use of the space with the hope of it also serving as a cultural bridge between the two countries. I've always wanted to travel to Japan and after realizing this place is nearby, I decided to make a visit, said 30-year-old Hong Song Hoon. Sorry guys, I'm just not good with Korean. Uh, who was uh, at a cafe at the theme park with his friend. So I think it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, they can't actually come here, so they're making their own fake Japan. Making their own fake Japan. <laughs> well, Americans can't go to Europe, so we go to Disneyland, right? Yeah, and that's just like Europe. What what, what was uh, Eddie Izzard's quote on this? He said, uh, when they're making D Disney, Euro Disney, they're like, we got to make Cinderella's castle a little bit bigger because they actually have real castles here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that bombed, didn't it? French people hated it. Uh, the Hong Kong one and Euro Disney both bombed. Yeah, yeah. You know, they never really went anywhere. The Hong Kong one would have done better if, like, they didn't immediately go and make one in China. Right. Okay. Because they were they're banking on Chinese people coming to Hong Kong to spend money there, but then like they made one in China and everybody just went to that one. So right, right, right. And Hong Kong doesn't have the population to support a whole theme park. But anyway, I think that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, why not? You know, have fun with it. All right, let's go to a serious topic and then we'll go to your kind of lighthearted topic. So there's a, there, this this is from Soda News. If you want to read the whole article, it's actually kind of funny. But basically, it's about uh, a couple of guys who go to Kabukicho in Tokyo and like 
they're using this word that I've never seen before. <laughs> to what is this? I it it means catchy, but spreakers. Spreakers. I I've never heard that before. Yeah, uh, Josh, can you Google this word? S P R U I K E R S. S P R U I K E R S. Someone who tries to persuade people to buy something or use a service. So like a tout, right? Yeah. This, this is a word? How do you read this word? Can you get Google to read it for us? Spr- uh, I, I think it's Australian, it's Australian English. Slang, yeah. yeah. Oh. So why would you put that in an article? Well, because the guys that write these articles from Sora News are a bunch of like Japanese people, I think. So like you'd say hoaxer or something, yeah. or, or a tout or... So the the word for this in Japanese is kachi or boy. Um, right. And what they are, they're like shiny suited men. <laughs> shiny suited men. You know, it's so accurate. They, it is, yeah. They wear, they, okay. Usually they, with blonde hair. Right, with blonde hair. Uh, are no, you one? No. <laughs> Basically, these guys, they're, um, if you remember your friend from high school that was really good talking to everybody but didn't study a lot. Right, it's him. Yeah, it's basically, they, those guys become uh, ketchi, and what they do is they stand on the streets of, like, busy areas in Japan, and if they see a couple lonely-looking guys, like, walking around, they'll try to, like, scoop you up and take you to various bars that they're connected to, and then they get a cut. Yeah. Um, sometimes these guys are helpful. I'm not going to lie. Like, here in Kagoshima, they're mostly helpful. They'll take you to, like, uh, um, Izakaya and stuff like that if you don't know the area. But in places like Kabukicho or in places like uh, Roppongi and places like, uh, well, just basically anywhere in Tokyo or Osaka, really. Yeah. Most of these guys who try to like, like wrestle you into some place are usually not always bad, but they're usually not great. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw once in uh, Kabukicho, an Australian family walking along in the daytime and they walked into Murio and Naijo. You know, <laughs> and I was like, it's not what you think it is. Can you explain what, what that is? So Murio and Naijo is basically a place where you can inquire about, you know, sex services. Sex or, or, girl, or services. girl services. It's basically like, it's like a shady ass room with a, you know, what is it called? Uh, shit, what's Nantaka couch? Casting couch. Casting couch. They have like a casting couch looking deal in there, okay? Right. Uh, yeah. They're I, always I, really bright as well. Yeah, they're very bright and they have like post lit posters on the walls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you, you walk in there and then you can go through catalogs of girls for like Kabakura and like clubs or if you want other services. You yeah. Know, if so you... I don't know what the kids thought of that. <laughs> cultural experience. Like, like, can we get some Murio Annai and they're yeah. like some free guidance yeah they're walking around thinking yeah look at that godzilla on the roof of the building this is great it's japan they didn't realize they were in the red light district oh anyway so getting back to the story so these guys got roped into this shitty izakaya because uh the the guy lied to them he said are you looking for uh tori kizoku which is i guess some like uh tori yakitori place in you know chain chain restaurant yeah and they're like oh yeah yeah we're looking for something like that and so they take him to this other yakitori place but they realize it's shady <clears throat> and so they they both ordered two drinks and one little plate of uh yakitori and it came out to be like a hundred dollars right and if there's a picture if you guys look up the uh, article on soda news there's actually a, a picture of the receipt and it goes over all the different parts of the um the uh what you call it the what's on there right one of the, and i just want to go down the breakdown really quick so one of the things that they have is the so they have the ot- otoshi so let me explain to you guys what otoshi is okay otoshi. Yeah. so otoshi is like um so this goes back to the culture of like izakayas are not bars yeah so when you go there you're supposed to eat Mm-hmm. Not just drinking is the accompli- the the thing that complements the food. And so to prevent people from just drinking at these places because they're different licensing and stuff like that, the, they give you otoshi, which is like like a little food thing that when you sit down. Yeah, like a just appetizer. Like dish. an appetizer. Yeah. And it's compulsory. Like everybody has to have it. And usually they charge, I don't know, like five bucks or something like that for that. Mm. And that's usually in lieu of a seating charge. There are also people that have. There are also places that have a seating charge. Seating charges can while like very wildly. They can be like five hundred yen. They can be a thousand. Sometimes they can be ten thousand, depending on where you are. Um, and then what else was on here? Ah, and then they had a, a a year end charge. Okay, which is like this doesn't really happen where we are, but this happens in other places. Like when you have like a big uh, bonenkai year end party, they'll charge you an extra fee for that service. Yeah. Yeah. And all these other things. And anyway, so they just gave them a bunch of bullshit charges. Basically, think of this place as a uh, ticket master in the United States. It's just all these like little fees that they put on the receipt, and then they charge them crazy amount for that. And what did they do? 
they paid it and left. Hmm. Not much you can do there, is there? What are you going to do? Not much you can do. I mean, you can. So the way they get around this, guys, is to ask for the dempio, the the charge list before you okay anything. Yeah. Like, show me how much everything's going to be if you've never been to a place like this. And then have them sh give you the actual paper. And then say, I'm only going to pay this, right? Okay. And then no more discussion about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, if you just get a verbal confirmation, they might just say, oh, but we didn't, but, you know, you have to pay for this and this and this and whatever. If you don't speak Japanese, it's going to be pretty hard to do that conversation. Yeah, so. don't go to places that aren't major places as well. I don't follow touts anywhere. If they come up to me and start asking me stuff, I just tell them to go away. Yeah, um, I do too. Yeah, I, I can find things on my own pretty much. If so. you if you actually really want to, if, you if you're unfamiliar with a, a city, uh, best practices is to go to like a Tachinomi uh, a, a standing bar. Um, and ask the customers, like, what's a good place? Yeah, yeah. And then they all discuss it because it's like an open conversation. Or ask a taxi driver, mm -hmm. you know, what's a good place? But don't ever ask, like, the shiny suited blonde guys. I mean, recently Google Maps and stuff like that has got everything on anyway. Yeah, you they've know? got great reviews. Yeah. I yeah. mean, TripAdvisor's kind of role in the world is disappearing, I think, if yeah. Google, Google keep up with it. So, yeah. Also, what is it? Yelp or whatever? There's basically a lot of services out there that give you good information. Yeah. But anyway, be careful out there. And a lot of these cities, or li these little areas in Tokyo, they're just shit, man. They really are. I, I won't go to Roppongi. I no. won't go there. Roppongi Hills, okay. But then again, you'll, you'll pay for Roppongi Hills prices. Yeah. Anyway, we got one last story today. Okay, last one is Miss Universe 2021 Japan entry slammed for wearing dead person's kimono. You get off about this. What? You mentioned this in your People of Kagoshima interview that we put up. If you guys haven't subscribed to People of Kagoshima, go check it out. It's a really great deep dive channel uh, produced by Alex, directed by me, shot by shot and edited by uh, by Josh over there. Um, it's 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 a really great uh, YouTube, like Japanese culture YouTube channel. But you mentioned this in your interview. That's true. I did so, no, actually, yeah. Going the wrong way. Yeah. Can you explain what that means? So basically, when people are alive, they wear it with the... the <laughs> when the, people are alive. The left side folded over the right. And when they're dead and, you know, laid out to be, you know... Cremated. Cremated or whatever, they wear it with the right side over the left, the other way around. And this is the same for all kind of, you know, women's kimono, men's kimono, formal, informal, yeah. whatever. Um, it's like a general decision to do that. We recently recently shot an Akawa School of Commercials the other day. I'm not going to spoil it, but like basically everybody was asked for, for some reason asking me. They're like, "Which side is the death side?" I'm like, yeah, right. "I don't know." So you just like, gotta, go for your right hand first, and then your left hand after. Yeah. It's always the way. But um, yeah, it, it's it looks weird, and kind of Japanese people feel a bit uncomfortable about it. Did you see the photo of this girl? Oh my god, she's like not only is she ugly. Sorry, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> No, is she's she? not attractive. No, no, no. Put her on the screen, Josh. Look at her. Ah. Uh, is she Japanese? I think so, but she's got a stronger jawline than I do. <laughs> Jesus. What, dude, I would I would make she fun got of Nippon written on her yeah, tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nippon really? written on her tits. Yeah, Japan written Why? on her tits. Because she's going for cool Japan. She's got the stupid what what is that neckle call? I forgot the thing. Maneki neckle. Maneki neckle. She's got two of them. Yeah, and she's got like Hello Kitty esque stuff on. It's it's terrible. And I the mean, thing, more than the kimono being crossed over the wrong way. This is just fucking stupid, man. Yeah, she's she's going for like a, a Carrie Pamu Pamu look, and she's not doing it. And if you look at the girl, I th somewhere on this uh, site, you see the girl next that comes next. I think after the video or something like that. Sure. The girl that comes next is is like glamorous and beautiful, and you're just like, what's going on, Japan? Oh my god, she's just a fucking train wreck. What's going on? Well, I, I'm going to comment on her, but the clothing is awful. Okay, yeah. I guess we should separate the... the now. Nah, it's like that job, man. I mean... That's harsh, man. You no, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I want that jawline, man. I'm jealous. He's such a dick. Dude, so, <laughs> you guys ever seen Shrek? Lord Farquaad? She's got his... Like, anyway. So you got you got this one next. Glamorous and classical beauty coming out next. <laughs> She's got an ostrich feather on her head. What's that what, all about? Dude, that's... <laughs> What's that? This so, is classical beauty, though. Look at her. That's for cleaning the roof. Right? Oh come on! If you're if you're gonna go on a date with one of these, which one are you going with? Well, I'll probably go with her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she can clean up when she's done. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's uh, been our show today, guys. <laughs> so yeah, apparently this was Harajuku fashion culture. It was um, what's it called? Cool Japan. Cool Japan. Some stuff like that. There's an NHK TV program that's called Cool Japan. And if you guys if you guys Google it, just check. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I will never go on that it's show. It's uncomfortable. So don't even ask me. They probably won't ask me. Anyway. They get a bunch of foreign people to like 
show what they like about Japan, but it's just awful. It really it's is. It's just cringy, right? It's a bit. It's cringy for us. It's too much. Yeah. You know, it's just like you know. It's also it's also really closely borderlining. You uh, nanishini nippon wa? Like, what did you do? Why are you here in Japan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing here in Japan? I don't know how to translate that. Yeah. That's actually a really funny show sometimes. Yeah, I helped shoot one of those. Really? Yeah. Our friend Carl was on it twice. Was he on it twice? He got on it once, and then they filmed a completely new episode with him the second time he came into the country, but then they realized that he was already on it, and so they scrapped the episode. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And he agreed to this. Yeah. He was like, yep. He was loving it, the whole thing. You can find his... He's, uh, the the Wikipedia picture of my Yu she's got a heart like this. She's She's got it like this, and it's cut right here. Mm. The other side of that picture is Carl. <laughs> is, it, is it still my UU's uh, Wikipedia picture? Ah, uh, did it change? Ah, uh, uh, it changed, but it was before. If you go my UU and then uh, uh, click on Google Images, it might show, show up still. Is she from AKB or something? Like yeah, that? yeah, she's from AKB. Ah, uh, it's gone now. They replaced Carl's heart picture. That's too bad. But anyway, the 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 picture was sourced from. Uh, Flickr? Is that what that Yahoo service is called? Yeah, Flickr. Flickr. And it was like a um, rights-free upload of his, and then they put it on Wikipedia. Anyway. Hmm. So, um, yeah, basically, it's a dumb costume. That's all you can say. It's a dumb costume. <laughs> writing kanji with Japan on your breasts is like, I don't have anything wrong with writing on breasts. That's fine. But why? Yeah. I don't know. Very unusual. Anyway, guys, that's been our show. We talked about a lot of things today. Very serious stuff and that crazy train wreck of a Miss Japan universe. Oh, and just can I point out that that was in Israel, that, that pageant? And yeah, so I saw all, that, yeah. All the Japanese people were just going to Israel, having a heyday and coming back. But, you know, foreign visas, not handing those out. It's been our show today, guys. Thanks so much for watching and listening if you're listening to the podcast. We're going to try to put like describe more things in audio that we're showing on the show. That way people who are listening aren't frustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually that's my job. I should do a better job of that. But anyway. Use the words to describe things. Yeah. Right. So if anybody wants the fortune telling, just hit me up. I'll be in 10 more kind of. <laughs> I accept cash and credit cards. All right, guys. Be sure to subscribe to People of Kagoshima, our sister channel. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.